Hey guys, welcome to Merge Church. Yes, trust you guys are doing well today. I'm sitting here in Big Wheel Park in Fishers, Indiana. I'm looking forward to continue our sermon series today. We're going to learn about what Jesus has to say about worry. Hmm, worry, who isn't worried? Who isn't showing some worriedness these days? I've had that for sure. I'm sure you have too. Well, we have one more week left of this sermon series. And then we're going to jump into Jesus as the miracle worker. Man, is he ever the miracle worker for us every day and today. I'm excited to take a look at some of his major miracles and see how we can apply those to our daily lives and what we're living through. So as I was getting ready for this weekend, this verse was in our daily reading and it just hit me, smack between my eyes. I, I read this verse on Monday and uh, you'll likely be reading it today, or maybe you just read it uh, in the last couple of days, but it's from Psalms 46, verses one through three. It says, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. See, it's the beginning of this where God is our refuge and our strength. He's ever present. Yes, he is always there with us. He is always with us. Just a simple call away. You know, last week I said, let's pause and pray before, insert the blank. So yes, we need to pause and pray. That pause and pray just gives us the opportunity to reflect on the goodness of God and how he's here and with us wherever we are. You know, the rest of the verse goes off into a tailspin of items that likely won't happen. But that's what our minds do, right? If we get consumed in the moment and we just forget to seek Him, we forget to seek God, we can go into this tailspin of a worst case scenario in our brain. You know, you know, that time that you had a rash on your leg, what did you do? You immediately jump into Google doctor mode because you are going to find the answer. This has to be the worst case of the, my leg is itching, I think I'm dying-itis. <laughs> you read one thing, click here and click there. Next thing you read is that you have to amputate, take antibiotics, and get shots. <laughs> you know, it's so easy to do and so easy to get pulled down. You see, the, we can jump to the media, what I, am I going to do? Instead of going to the source, who is the I am, our safe house, our tower, you know, our Lord and Savior, our rock, our refuge. Let's keep our eyes on Him. Let's focus on Him. Let's trust Him. Let's seek Him. You know, in just a few minutes, we're going to jump into what Jesus says about worry. But before we do that, I just want to pray, and then we're going to worship. And I want you to worship with all your heart. So, Father, thank you for this opportunity today. Thank you for bringing us here. God, thank you for eliminating these distractions that are around us. Help us to focus in on you. God, let us see you in a new light today. Let us experience you. Let us come closer to you. God, reveal what it is you want us to hear from you today. God, speak to our hearts. Calm our minds. Help us to eliminate this worry and put praise in its place. And let us just praise you and worship you and trust you and love you more. So, Father, today, let us get out of our own selves and out of our ways and let you do the work in and through us. So, Father, thank you and we love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The Lord is
should put our hope, Father, no matter what's happening in our lives, no matter what storms are raging around us, God. You're the calmer of the seas, and you're the calmer of the storms, Father. We just thank you, God, that your, your word tells us that you will work all things together for the good of those who love you. So it doesn't say some things, God, or just the things that we understand, but it says all things. You will work together all things for our good. And we just pray to put our hope and our trust in that, Father, and just open our eyes to what you're doing and help us to just love you more every day and trust you more every day. And we pray that you would open our ears as we hear the message this morning, Father. And just send us out, God, to, to share your hope with others, Father. And we pray that because of our hope, Lord, and because of our trust, that others would come to know you through us. We just love you and thank you for your great love, God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much, Lori. All right, we are here in week number four of Jesus Teaches, and this will be the last week. You know, we've learned about what Jesus touch, teaches about discipleship, the cost of discipleship, what he taught about prayer, and this week we're going to be talking about treasures and possessions and worry, and just for us to not worry about it. And then next week we're going to talk about what Jesus talk, talks about as who is the good shepherd. So your kids are going to be learning about possessions and treasures this week from the same scripture that we're going to be reading. So make sure you go out and download that information. Did you know that worry is a weapon? Have you ever thought of it that way? You know, why would we consider worry to be a weapon? Well, it's all-consuming, or it can be all-consuming. Think about it. What will naturally consume your free moments? Do you let worry take root? and be at the forefront of it all? Maybe it's not worrying. Maybe it's fear. Well, guess what? Fear and worry are in the exact same boat. They're the same thing. So let's take a look at the definition of worry. As it's a verb that it means to torment oneself or suffer from disturbing thoughts and fret. As a noun, it is a worried condition or feeling or uneasiness or anxiety. So a sentiment of the word is fear. So if you look at our world, our culture, you'll see how fear has completely enveloped us. You probably don't have to go as far as your next door neighbor just to find someone that's completely battling this fear that's occasionally or even on a daily basis. It may be right in your own house. We're seeing worry and fear spread at an incredibly fast rate. You know, sitting here in August of 2020, this year has felt like it's been about one week long if you look back at it. 
while at the exact same time, it's felt like January was 20 years ago. Why has it been like this? Well, it's because we're worried and we're fearful in that, in that state. You know, we've been through a lot in these last couple of months, a whole lot, and it's caused us to be anxious and rightfully so. So let's think about it. Has fear or worry hit the pause button in your life? Do you feel like you're at a standstill? You know, just look at your social media, all of your friends, acquaintances, maybe yourself. You can see that the fear and worry is overwhelming them. You can see that the various ways that people are reacting and lashing out. You know, social media has put our fear and worry on steroids. Tristan Harris makes a compelling argument that the algorithms in Facebook, Google, and other social media agencies help intentionally prioritize outrage because, as Harris argues, the major social and tech companies have figured out that outrage spreads faster than something that's not outrage. That's crazy. It kind of makes you cynical, doesn't it? You know, the media runs bad news, and when your friend posts about their latest trip, their awesome parties, or fantastic dinner, it generates some bad feelings, some jealousy and resentment and loneliness. Those are all profound issues associated with social media. You see, cynicism roots itself in knowledge. The more you know, the more cynical you can become. The reason you were so happy when you were younger is you and I were kind of stupid. Ignorance is a bliss. You can see it all, but you know what? You know what? Jesus is greater than all of this. He's still on the throne and he's in charge. He's given us the freedom from worry and fear. In fact, in the Bible, you will see that there are 365 verses that go around the freedom or theme of do not fret, do not worry, do not be afraid. And I could go on and on. One verse for every single day. He's given us the answers in his toolkit, the Bible. All right, I'm going to open up to Luke 12, verses 22 through 34. Before I do that, I want to pray real quick. Father, thank you for this opportunity to open your word. God, these are words that are breathed and inspired by you. So, Father, use these words to inspire and breathe life into us. God, as we look across these words, give us something that we can hold on to throughout this week, something that we can adjust, that we can change, that we can grab onto, Father, that we can apply in our everyday life that will better us and bring us closer to you. So, Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for this opportunity. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, Luke. Let me get there. Luke 12. You'd think I would have um, went ahead and bookmarked it, but I didn't. So you're going to see me struggle. Oh, wait. I did have a bookmark there. <laughs> anyway, Luke 12, verse 22. And it's under the theme of do not worry. It says, then Jesus said to his disciples, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat, or about your body, what you'll wear. You see, right before this, uh, you've got the parable of the rich fool. And, um, you know, as theologians go back and look over the history, they're not sure that every one of these parables were said at the same time because it's too much to digest. But right before this, kind of what Jesus is referring to is this parable of the rich fool. And so you have this guy that says, I need to build up wealth and build all these um, storehouses so that I can just lay back and rest in my wealth and um, just have the good life. And so he's kind of re resonating back to that story. And so um, it says there, therefore, I will tell you, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat or about what 
about your body or what you'll wear. So verse 23, life is more than food and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable are you than those birds? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? Wow. I tell you what, I can worry quite a bit. And um, it will happen just like that. I'll just start worrying. And, and that's just something just to remind us, you know, like, think of the birds. Think of the ravens. And we're more valuable. He loves us more, more than them, of course. So who can, uh, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Verse 27, consider how the lilies grow. They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you? O you of little faith. And then verse 29. It says, And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it. For the pagan world runs after all such things. And your father knows that you need them. See, he knows that you need them. He absolutely knows that you need them. And then verse 31, which ties back to Matthew 6. Uh, it says, But seek his kingdom. And these things will be given to you as well. So God's saying, you know, I see the lilies. I see the birds. They have nothing. But yet they still sustain. They still live. They still breathe through him. And how much more valuable are we than those? And he says, you know, the lilies and the grass will wither and go into the fire and be destroyed. Or you have the birds of the air that just float around. Not knowing where their next meal is going to come from but God still provides and still provides for them. And I just love that verse in verse 31, but seek his kingdom and these things will be given to you as well. Now verse 32, it says, do not be afraid little flock for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. So 33, sell your possessions and give to the poor, provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out, a treasure in heaven that will not be exhausted where no thief comes near and no moth destroys for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So those words right there, do not be afraid, little flock. You know, he's saying, all right, you little ones, come around me. Trust me. See me. I am here for you. But what I want you to do is give. Sell your possessions. Give to the poor. Reach out to them. Because us reaching out, us doing other things, and thinking of others, and thinking less of ourselves is what God's calling us to do. And that's what Jesus right here is calling us to do. Sell your possessions and seek me. Seek the kingdom first. Trust in Jesus, love him, follow him. And he, he will give you the keys. He will open the doors. He will provide the right way. You know, that, that's just amazing. In that verse 34, and this one always gets me, it says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You know, for, so for us as Christians, what are we thinking about? Who are we thinking about on a daily basis? Are we thinking about filling up our storehouses like that rich man to sit back and be lazy? We were just talking about that in um, our men's Bible study. You know, is that the goal of retirement? Is the goal of retirement for all of us just to store up a bunch of wealth and then just sit there and do absolutely nothing? 
No, that's not what God calls us to do. Yeah, we're supposed to take care of ourselves, but then we're supposed to be giving back. God provides in amazing and miraculous ways, but he wants us to have a heart for him and to heart for others. So all four gospels stress the problem of inadequate faith, which leads to worry. You know, Matthew is fond of using the word oligoposity. I can't even say it. People of little faith. See it in Matthew 6.30, where he just rebukes the lack of faith of the disciples. And Mark uses this in the same thing. So you'll see it across all the gospels. Oh, you of little faith. You see, Jesus knew that the material things that occupy our thoughts just occupy it most of the time. Luke had already drawn attention to these material issues and the parable of the sower. You can see that in Luke 8, 11 through 15. And you know, in that parable, the disciples are warned that it is possible that for the divine world to be word to be crowded out or choked out by the cares and riches and pleasures of this life. You know, the result of this stifling is how they didn't achieve their expected potential. And it says, and so they never grew into maturity. You know, the exercise of patience was required to bring forth a productive, excellent fruit from the good soil. It says the seeds that fell on the good soil represent honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word, cling to it patiently, and then produce a huge harvest. You see, we need to lift up our heads and not look down and worry. Listen to his words and trust in him. Worry is not a part of God's menu for living. Let's let the Holy Spirit lead in our decision-making process and trust him to lead us into a meaningful life. Trust eases out the worry of your life. So let's look at the following three ways to overcome worry from the scripture and to really kind of put it into action. We, of course, can look at it in multiple ways, but here's what I see. I'm kind of pulling from the flowers and the sheep and the ravens and into these three items and kind of give us a, a step to put worry and fear and put faith into action. So feet, let's look at its feet. Jesus mentioned the flowers and how they are fulfilled and ultimately wither away. So let's be the feet of Jesus. Let's go to the hurting. Let's go to the lost, the broken. Let's go and carry the good news. We can simply put things into action and remove and limit worry and put our eyes on the new destination that we're heading towards as we take steps and putting it forward for Him. When you look at your feet, you can also think about taking your next steps, your next steps in evangelizing, your next steps in your spiritual journey, and overall next steps with God. Then if you look at the hands, the hands of the Good Shepherd with His hands out to help the sheep, you know, how are you helping others? How are you pointing others to Jesus? How are you reaching out to those around us? What are your hands doing? Are they writhing and wringing, or are they open? Are your hands open? Are they reaching out towards God? Are you seeking Him? Are your hands reaching out to others? You know, open hands make me think of our prayer time. Instead of holding on to it all, make sure you open up your hands turn it over, and lay it all at his feet. You know, are you, are you holding on to those things? And the head, finally the head. When you think of the, the ravens flying overhead, our heads, our minds are quite complex and can quickly lead us down the wrong path of overanalyzing, of overthinking. You know, are we heading in the right direction? Are we looking to Jesus with our heads held high? 
quite honestly, the hardest part will be your head. It's like I mentioned last week. If you change your altitude, you know, of what you're looking at, what you're looking towards, it will change your attitude. What are other ways that can help change your worry into praise? You can redirect your thoughts through worship, prayer, or just a change of scenery by going for a walk in nature. You can be a, be a change agent. Take the next steps, reach out to others, serve others, and you can laugh. Just laugh at yourself like I did earlier. You know, it's worth noting that the Apostle Paul taught the same thing about living without worry. He said, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done in Philippians 4, 6. And, you know, it appears early in the early church that they took the instructions of Jesus with great seriousness. Ultimately, the ways to remove our worry are to create, to move, believe, and contemplate the great things about God. The sum total of it all is do not just spend so much effort and worry on things that God has promised to provide. Do not fret over what might happen. Do not let radical mood swings control your life. No, we need to seek Him first in all things. God will take care of you. Trust Him, love Him, and look to Him. All right, let's go to prayer. Father, thank you so much for this opportunity to be here. God, as we were going through these words and reading about not, do not worry and to position ourselves to trust you, to look to you, to love you more and love you better. Father, that can be a hard task to carry. So God, just help us just to take our clenched fist and just to release it all at your feet. Father, help us to give up on all this worry and fear. Maybe it's turning off social media, turning off the news and just turning on you, turning on the Bible, open up your scripture, reading your words, turning on a praise song and, and praising you. God, help us just to let go of this worry, this anxiety, this fear that is weighing us down and help us just to turn our eyes up to you, to trust you, to love you, to see you and to come closer to you. And so Father, be with us as we're taking our next steps as you spoke a word to each of us and what we need to do next. God, help us to take those steps. Now, for those of you that don't know Jesus, that um, you don't have a relationship with him, you'd love to take these next steps. You know, the fear, the worry is just overwhelming and carrying you over. I want to give you the opportunity to give your life to Christ right now. I want you to pray these words and, and just, just listen and just take these next steps. So, if you want to give your life to Christ, pray with me. Father, thank you. For this time. Thank you for calling me here today. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your forgiveness. God, I, I don't understand everything, but I want to start this relationship with you. So I'm going to say that I know you died and you rose again. I want to call you my Lord and Savior. And I want to trust you fully and take next steps to grow closer to you. Help me to release my fear, my anxiety, my worry and to put my trust in you and just be with me in Jesus' name. Now, Father, for every person that prayed that prayer, Father, I ask that you put your arms around them, that you'll surround them, let them feel your love, your affirmation, your joy, because, Father, we know you and your angels are celebrating when that one person just said yes. So thank you for that decision. God, help us to um, 
lead this person, lead these people that said yes to you and take the next steps with you. So watch over them, be with them, and be with us all as we go out this week. Thank you so much for your love, your joy, your grace, and peace. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right, guys. Thanks for joining us today. If you made a decision, scroll on down through those sermon notes. Take a look there. You can see some links. Fill out that connection card. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, you want some more information about Emerge Church. You want to learn how to serve. If you made a decision for, um, for Christ, if you gave your life to Christ, check off that box. One of your next steps is going to be to get baptized. Let us know you want to be baptized. We'd love to put you into a group so that you can learn more and continue to grow and, and be with us. We'd love for you to join us for the Alpha Course. It's a fantastic new curriculum that we're going to be starting in September. And we'd love for you to go through it with us so you can learn more and know more about Jesus and what he's calling us to do and who he's calling us to be. And so we'd love for you to be that. The links are down through on those sermon notes. You can see them down there at the bottom. Take a look at those um, for the Alpha Course, for financial peace, if you made any decisions, etc. Uh, and then also you can see the link for the offering. So church, it's time for the offering. Thank you so much for your generosity. Thank you for giving. Thank you for putting back and giving back what God has given to you and then entrusting what he's given to you. Um, he calls us to live off of a portion of what he gives us to gives to us. And so the funds that come in go straight back out. Are they able to fund the ministry and fund uh, local missions and international missions as well. And uh, just thank you. Thank you so much for your generosity in that. Finally, you can see the other announcements flip down through there. Take a look at those. And uh, we will not be having the virtual lobby uh, the next couple weeks. Uh, we're going to be uh, just putting that on pause for now. Uh, so if you're looking forward to that, I'm sorry. Feel free to set up a time with me. Uh, you can go out on Facebook. I've got my link out there. You can schedule coffee with me, schedule time with me. Uh, if you want to meet, connect at any point in time, I would love it. I love coffee and uh, would love to meet you in person or we can do it virtually. Whatever is the best and feels the safest for you. Uh, anyway, that's it guys. Thank you so much for joining us today here at Emerge Church. We love you guys so much. I want you to have a fantastic week and we'll see you back next week. Have a great day.